In this week's episode of Everyday Inspirational Podcast, I will be speaking to the lovely Vanessa Coltis. She is a life coach and she helps overwhelmed mums heading to burnout turn their life around and still be there for everyone, including themselves. And her inspirational story is you can have it all and still be there for others. So welcome Vanessa to the Everyday Inspirational Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. If you could let our listeners know a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you're from and what your inspirational story is today. Hi, thank you so, so much for inviting me to do this. I'm so excited. Um, So my name is Vanessa. I'm from New Zealand. I've lived in New Zealand for 21 years and I was from the UK originally. And I have, I have helped people all my life. And back at the beginning of this year, I kind of made it more official and I did life coaching training. And immediately upon finishing that, I set up and um, started helping people and immediately was launched into this world where people were just loving my stuff and they were just feeling really inspired and really helped with with every session that they came to um but i today i want to share my story with you i'm actually very very excited to talk about me um it's not something that i'm used to doing i do not have a history of talking about myself so this is actually quite exciting and um yeah new to me um and i know what's interesting is i know that i'm not the only woman who's like this like once upon a time i might have thought i was the only one um but i know that when i say these things i know there's a lot of people who resonate with that um so yes my inspirational story i'm going to tell you my story um so generally um a story has a beginning a middle and an end And normally when we tell a story, we start at the beginning. But I'm actually going to start in the middle. Um, And the middle, the middle of my story is now. This is the middle of my story. So I'm going to start in the middle. I'm going to give you a little bit of an overview of what my life is like now. Mm -hmm. Um, We're about, I think, eight months into the year at the moment. And my life now is all about balance. It's about... um, reflecting and checking in with myself uh, it's about being able to focus on everyone and on me so there is enough time and space for everyone and me in my life so my life now is a long 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 way away from how it was before and I will get to that yeah. um, but I will just say that my life is still a work in progress for example my latest um, discovery is boundaries I I had no idea what a boundary was like um, what are they who has them what are mine I had no idea at all and I've just discovered that actually I do have boundaries Um, but what's great now is I'm able to uh, I'm aware of them and now I can kind of subtly or sometimes blatantly um, sort of portray them and get them over to others and now I'm like finding that people are respecting my boundaries and this is like such a wonderful new experience so you go from not knowing you've got boundaries to realizing you've got them 
to finding that people actually can respect your boundaries. So in a nutshell, my middle bit of my story, my right now is my life that I'm happy, I'm content, I have a purpose, I have focus, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful place to be. But I can assure you it wasn't always like this at all. And so I just want to wind back just three years. Three years was really the beginning. Um, I, well, I see it as the beginning because I began to realize that there was a me in my life. You know, I didn't even know there was me. Um, I couldn't even think about me. I couldn't even focus on me. I'd never been able to talk about me. I would have just gone off track. Like me didn't figure. Um, and I know I'm not the only one. Like I know so many women out there. They don't even get a look in, in their own lives. You know, you, 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 your head isn't in, even above water. And sometimes you start to get your head above water. And, uh, but, but before you know it, you're back down underwater. Um, but three years ago, my head came above water. And that's when it started. And that's when the kind of the tide started to turn. But I'll go way back, way, way, way back when. Um, you know, I was younger. I got married. I had kids. Actually, I didn't even know I was going to get married. So my husband, um, I think he just forgot to ask me anyway, because I was told by a friend of his that I, we were getting married. And I said to him, oh, oh, are we? Oh, OK, then. Yeah, all right, then. So there was no plan. There was no thinking about it. We hadn't discussed kids. Like, I don't know. I guess I think everybody does that now. You discuss things. No. So I didn't even know if he wanted kids. So we got married. We went traveling. And then the next thing you knew, I was having a kid. And for me, that was great. I always wanted kids. I loved kids. Um, and then we had a second one. So for me, this is great. Yeah. Um, I think my husband might have had different ideas. Again, we didn't really discuss it. Um, anyway, and as with so many women, that's when I started to lose my life. You know, like everybody, every mother knows how that goes. <laughs> you have a life you have a child, oh, it's not going to change me. And then the next thing you know, well, you don't know because you're just unaware of it. But looking back on it, you go, and then I lost me. Um, my kids were really hard. So I had first two kids. Um, and I, child behavior is my speciality. So I'm good with kids and behavior. And I got these two difficult kids and I was like, yeah, yeah kids are hard okay yeah okay hands up yeah i get it they're hard um turns out that those two were on the spectrum so they weren't quite your run-of-the-mill kids um they were the ones that made you work really hard for it and again plenty of mums out there know what i'm talking about so anyway yeah we got married we had kids and it was heads down into work and on the treadmill we were um a slight difference to a lot of people's stories. We decided to move to New Zealand. Um, seemed like a good idea at the time. Get out of the UK rat race. Um, what we didn't really think about was we were also moving away from support and family. But we were excited. We had two kids and we were offering new life. And we bought a motel. So we had our own business. And you know what that means? That means it's full on work, 24-7, no such thing as a holiday. And yeah, we, we really worked it. Like we just put everything into it. Um, and 
was interesting again no real thinking around it it was heads down and everything was about the future and um you know there wasn't about and there was no now it was like happiness in the future building up the business for future everything was preparing for the future so um yeah it was it was just about kind of surviving now with plans for the future um so and i and i i think a lot of people do that you you get a business and you get completely bogged down with it you, you know at least two years you just heads down full on um but we got to a point where we started to ease back and we decided to sell the leasehold of the motel and move away and um that was going to be amazing that was just going to be a dream come true and then my life came to a grinding halt so kind of just as it was about to all get started it came to a halt and, and by this time i had a third child she was about one when we moved so we sold the business and we moved away and then i suddenly i was widowed my husband died and I am now, I have just moved to a new place. We are living overseas. I have two children on the spectrum. I have a one-year-old, plus I'm now pregnant with my fourth child. Wow. So, um, yeah, this, the, the kids thing, I wanted the kids and my husband didn't he was a two kids man and i wanted more kids and i persuaded him to have more but that kind of bit me in the bum because i was then the one left with the four kids and that was never part of my deal my deal was that you know i wanted to have four kids and bring them up as a, a united family not as a single mum. um so yeah there i was with so i've got two kids uh, the oldest two are about six and eight and i've got a one-year-old and i'm pregnant and I've just moved and I'm the other side of the world and I have no support. Um, although I have to say the place where we moved to the church, people were quite supportive, but there's only so much, you know, strangers can do for you. So at that point, I, I stuck it out for a while, but after a few years, I thought perhaps I should move back to the UK. Much as I love New Zealand, I thought that perhaps um, some support back home, you know, would be good. Although I have to say, my, um, <clears throat> I didn't have a good childhood. I actually had a pretty bad childhood. So um, the positive of that is that my resilience had really built up. Um, and what's interesting now is when I look back at my life, when I was going through my life and all of this, I was just looking forward. I was just positive, moving forward. Um, you know, like I didn't want the kids to suffer because they didn't have a father i wanted that not to affect them adversely um and consequently i could never see all the traumas that i'd been through for what they really were i was just moving on through so um yeah i thought that perhaps it might be an idea to move back to the uk because that's my roots that's what mm. i'm more familiar with and i do have family there um so i i am um, was just planning to stay, thinking that I might stay in England and this might be a permanent move. But then unfortunately the financial crisis happened and the people who'd bought our motel lease struggled and they went bust. So basically there I was left with a motel 
that was paying me no money and I basically had to go back to New Zealand. And what was quite interesting was I had always said, not that I ever thought it would happen, but I always said I would never go back and run the motel. So people were absolutely gobsmacked because I basically went back and ran the motel with four kids on my own, um, the youngest being two by this point. Wow. Um, so the aim obviously then was just to sell it and, and, and be done, you know, because that's just not something really that's doable. Like I, I was stuck in the motel all day, every day, you know, you can't go out you're running the motel. Um, I actually, in hindsight, I, I sold it fairly quickly, like within about nine months. So I have to say in hindsight, I actually loved it. So I think I got my head around the restrictions. I set up a routine and I had a plan and yeah, it was actually a <laughs> kind of a fun time, but it, and it, it wasn't forever. And I think that made a difference. So yeah, so we moved, uh, sold the motel, moved back to where we'd been and um, still not quite ready for the quiet life, I guess. I then set up a charity um, in my local village. And so what do I, I've got my four kids and I think, yeah, the youngest was two or three. So I guess the minute I was starting get, to get some time to myself and she was going off to kindy, I set up the charity. Um, the charity was set up because it was like a drop-in center. Um, so for people who didn't have people around them, had nowhere to go and just wanted somewhere to go. What I found really hard was if I wanted to leave the house, there was like, I look back on it now. Now, if I want to leave the house, I literally just walk out the door. Back then, if I wanted to leave the house, I had to get four kids together. I've got one kid who just could not leave the house without a tantrum. So she would have a tantrum, we'd get out the house and then say I was taking them for a walk, we'd have tantrums for the whole walk and then we get back home and I'm exhausted and I'm thinking, really, was that really worth it to leave the house? So there was no such thing as time to myself, there was no such thing as getting outside, I couldn't even go out to the garden. Um, so anyway, so I set up a charity and it was a drop-in centre. And we obviously, we needed to make money. Um, so I set up a few different sides to it. And one of the side was a, um, an op shop side, uh, that's secondhand. And the, the community loved it. It just got so big and so amazing. And it made money, not just to cover the rent. We started like having all this money in the bank and we started giving money back to the local charities. Uh, this was like, this was not what I thought was gonna happen. And um, what's actually interesting is I've now moved away and that they opted, they said, well, we've got two options because I was doing everything. They said, we either close it or we keep it going. And the wonderful thing is they've kept it going and it's still going beautifully today. So it's kind of nice that it oh, lives boy. on. Mm. So, um, yeah, so, um, um, yeah, so set up the charity and um, that's all going well. And um, my life was still just, there was no me in it. Um, the, the hardest bit, um, apart from not having time to myself and not being able to leave the house, was the burden of the responsibility of five lives, me and four kids, um, with no one having any vested interest in the kids apart from me. So no one to discuss. 
um, you know, from where they go to school, what subjects they do, what shoes do I buy them, you know, no one, no backup, no one to take any interest in it. And that meant, scarily, that all those decisions and responsibilities were on me. Now, if it went well, that's great, and everyone's going to give you a pat on the back. But at the end of the day, if you make a stuff up, you've stuffed up someone's life, someone's future. You are solely responsible for this um, without anyone to discuss it with, to get any different angles on it or different points of view. And they look to you for everything. And I think that's one of the hardest things um, that you have to be there 24 seven. There's no backup. Um, and so as they got older and two of them, uh, the oldest two were leaving home and going to university. This is when my head started to become, a, you know, to get above water. And I started to think, oh, maybe, maybe there's a me here. Maybe I can find the odd little minutes for me. Um, and then I spent the next few years thinking, yes, one day they're all going to leave home and I'm going to be left. Maybe I should hatch a plan to getting a life. I didn't really know how that went. Um, but the, the thought was there, the seed was planted. And then there was this idea that perhaps this thing called self-care would be a good idea, but I didn't actually know what that was. It was a buzzword. It was early days of a buzzword. So I Googled it and Google was useless. It really didn't help. Now it's probably much better and it will tell you. Um, so I thought, yeah, that's a good idea, but I don't know what it is and therefore I don't know how to do it. Um, so now we're back to the middle of the story today and back at the beginning of this year, um, a few things happened. So I've always helped people, even through the thick of struggling with me and the kids, I was always there for everybody else. You know, it's like all you women know, you, you know, you're not there for yourself, but yeah, you're there for everybody else. So there I was helping everybody else with their lives. And it was at Christmas time and I suddenly thought, I'm loving the child behavior that I do. Um, I'd set that, I'd set up in that about 12 years ago now. And, and that's great. And I get a real buzz from helping parents who are struggling with their kids' behavior. But it wasn't enough for me. And it was back at the end of the year, Christmas time, and I thought, I don't know, I just suddenly realized, people used to say I should be a counselor. And I said, nah. And then I realized life coaching. Oh my goodness, of course, life coaching. What have I been doing all these years? I've been coaching everybody. So um, I started training over Christmas time and um, January time. And then also in January, because I always do volunteer work, I started volunteering for Youthline. So that's a phone line for youth because ideally I like to help parents with the young kids so the kids can grow up and become healthy teens and healthy, healthy adults. However, there's a lot of teens out there who are really, really struggling. We all know this. This is the same in every country, the teens are struggling. So I thought, right, need to help more, I'll volunteer for Youthline. The interesting thing about volunteering for Youthline is the beginning of their training before you even start on the training is all about you, your resilience and how you're gonna look after you. So this was all coming together now, this whole self-care thing and the life coaching 
which meant that obviously I was coaching through my training. I was coaching myself. I was my first client and it was a success. I was like coming on in leaps and bounds. And then I was doing the youth line and then it all just fell into place. And I started on my journey of self care and I actually, I found out what self care was. <laughs> I think I'd spent my life thinking that someone was going to come along eventually one day and, um, that they would help look after me. I'd waited like all my life and this person hadn't come and then it dawned on me. Nobody, nobody messages me and says, how are you? And I was like, God, right. If nobody else is going to do it, then I'm going to do the job. And so I started to ask myself how I was. And I started to thought, well, if no one else is going to look after me, I'm going to do it myself. And the most wonderful thing about doing it yourself is that well, firstly, I trust myself, I know myself, and I've never let myself down. And it also means you don't have to rely on anybody else. You are your own resource. And all the youth line people um, followed my journey as I set up these little self-care tricks, and I would send them a little photo each day. And actually, as I got so good at it that I didn't rely on it daily anymore, I actually got little nudges. Where's today's, you know? Um, and then, of course, I, I, I finished my life coaching and I launched straight into coaching people. And that's when I did my first video. My first video was called You First. And because I thought the basis for everyone is their foundation. You know, you've got to build your life on a solid foundation. So my first video was before you do anything else for yourself, before you go fixing any of these other things, get yourself on a solid foundation. And the way to do that is to focus on you and everybody now knows the analogy which i've been telling everybody for years the one about in the airplane put your oxygen mask on first because once you're in a good position and healthy you can help everybody else but it's actually way way more than that and i realized that as i went through my self-care journey and as i produced the video that so the analogy that a lot of people use which is one i like which is about your cup being empty um, so my cup was empty. Everybody's actually, you tell me a mum whose cup isn't empty. And what you're doing from your empty cup is you're trying to feed everybody. You're scraping the barrel and you're trying to be there for your friends, your work, your parents, your kids, your partner, your dog, your everybody. Oh, and you, of course. And you forget you because you've got nothing left and you scrape out the bottom and you give everybody all these scrapings and you feel good we feel good we like to give yay i'm giving to everybody and then you think but why am i feeling so rubbish why why is this not working I, i'm giving i'm trying harder i'm giving more surely this is good but this is what happens when you do self-care and you fill your cup it's like actually the analogy i thought today if we're going to do the cup it's like a cup of tea. You know the people who like a really weak cup of tea and they kind of just wave the tea bag over the cup and you look in it and you're like Really, that's really weak tea. Are you sure there's anything in that? And because it's so weak, you actually would have to drink half the cup to get to taste the tea. But when you've done your self-care, what happens is your cup is full of quality. You've got strong tea. So actually what you need to give people is just the tiniest little bit out of that cup. And you'll actually find you've given them way more than you ever gave them before when you were scraping spoonfuls off the bottom. So self-care, obviously it's not selfish. I think this message is coming out now, 
when you do care for yourself, you actually have so much more to give everybody else. Mm -hmm. So here I am, I've done my self care. Um, I've learned it. My subconscious has taken it on. It's really got the hang of it now. It's checking in subconsciously, I'm sure, every day. And in my video, there's a few tips about the self-care thing. So there's a couple of tips. One is about finding out your debits and credits. So what drains your energy and what gives you energy. And once you become aware of these, um, you're aware when you just gave away a whole heap of your energy and you can actually be geez, did I want to give that away? And then you're like, oh, and where am I going to go and get some energy back? How am I going to replenish it? And you look at your credits list, what's going to give it back to me? Um, the other tip on my, that I, and I use these daily, the other tip from my self-care video was that you break your life down into sections. Um, I call it the pinwheel. So that you, when you start to feel that overwhelm and you think everything was going off in your life, you actually look at the different sections um, and you actually work out which one really needs attention. So that just prevents the overwhelm. So yeah, so here I am now, I have done self-care, I've got the hang of it, and now I have all of this to give to everybody. And so now I'm doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. I have, I'm still doing my child behavior, I'm doing my youth line. I am doing Zoom meetings with other coaches, two of those a week. I'm doing Zoom meetings for non-coaches, all free. We come and people have a chat and they share and we talk about a different topic each week, be it anxiety, resilience, confidence. Um, and um, yeah, now I can just give so much more and yet none of it feels like it's taking away anything from me. And I give heaps to myself all the time as well. So that's my journey. That's the middle of my story. We don't know how the story's going to end, um, but it's all positive from here. Yeah. Well, it sounds um, amazing, your future anyway. Your story is one that I think um, a lot, especially towards the, the end with self-care, it's something that is so prominent just now throughout everywhere where I think we've had centuries of women feeling as if self-care was selfish. So I think it is the perfect time for you to be able to do it. And your story is just, it is inspirational. It's like, it's one of those stories that's, you can actually write, <laughs> you know, unless you're, you're living it, you'd be telling it and you'd be like, my goodness, does this actually happen? You know, it is an amazing story. And what I love about it is that there's so much positivity that's coming out. And I think the baseline of it is, is that it is about you. And I think that at the very core of even this inspirational podcast is that is what the core message is as well is that um we have everything within ourselves and the stories that we have within us you know we, we sometimes forget about that and um, the resilience the quality because we're living them as you say you just do it every day and it's not until you stop that you think oh my word the things that i've overcame and and being able to build that is just unbelievable and um, I know you've given lots and lots of advice there and uh, 
amazing but if you could leave one piece of advice with our listeners what would it be yeah if there's one thing i wish i knew years ago that i think would have made my life easier um and it's you first it's absolutely you first um and i just wish every woman you know could start this right now um you know it would just yeah really just start you first yeah definitely i think it's a movement just now that needs to be started that it's you first i think there's a, i think we should start that now Vanessa. yes tag you first definitely i think it's something that i'm very passionate about as well um about helping spreading that word around for women that like you say the analogies of you cannot no matter how much we think that we can fill from an empty cup we can't we can't we're just um really making ourselves mentally physically emotionally drained you know um and i love absolutely love your story and thank you so much so you will find vanessa's details below this podcast but can you just let them know where they can find you what is the name of your company and where you are (laughs) yes sure so vanessa called us um it's life mentoring so we have a website, lifementoringnz.com. Uh, the details will be below and you can email us, lifementoringnz at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook. There is YouTube. All my videos are on YouTube. So all my content, you know, it's free. I just want to get, get the word out there. Every week's a new video, a blog. There's blogs on Blogger that will be going onto my website. Every week there's a blog. Every week there's a video amazing so we just want to say thank you vanessa for joining us on the podcast this week and goodbye to our listeners thank you very much